Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, being joined by Devin Hassan and David Woolman. It is uh, almost 1 o'clock on a Wednesday, gentlemen. We are here to preview the area round of the high school football playoffs, at least at the 5A and 6A levels. So um, for this episode, we're going to pivot a little bit from the format that we had uh, that we had applied for um, basically all season. You know, instead of breaking down our game of the week, um, you know, we have we have seven games that are on our coverage schedule this week. Seven teams left, seven teams that, uh, that advanced to the second round of the playoffs. And you know what? We're just going to treat every game exactly the same this week. We're going to preview all seven games, give our predictions and whatnot, just talk a bit about what intrigues us about these seven matchups that we have coming up later on this week. And, um, yeah, just talk a little playoff football. So um, let's uh, let's just start uh, Let's start in order. Let's start with a couple of games that are taking place on Thursday, um, including one that is going to be at a uh, 7 o'clock kickoff out at Globe Life Park. Globe Life Park is, uh, is going to be very, very uh, crowded this, uh, this time of year. So they've become a nice little. Uh, nice little harbor for high school football playoff games. This game is a it, uh, is a class 5A Division One matchup between state ranked number two ranked I should say Highland Park. They uh, they take on Frisco Independence Independence who was the uh, the three seed from District 5 5A Division One. The Knights bound for the second round. Um, you know Devin the odds are long. Highland Park has been through this dance a time <laughs> or two. They are very much a uh, about a story to playoff program as the areas had in recent years. So um, just kind of talk. Talk a bit about this matchup, though. Um, what intrigues you about this from the Knights' perspective, and um, who you ultimately where are you leaning on this one? Uh, you know, certainly a tough second round draw uh, for Independence. Mm-hmm. We kind of knew that that uh, that the Frisco schools uh, going against that Dallas ISD district in the first round was going to get through for sure. You know, pr- pretty well. And, and Independence, sure enough, took care of uh, Woodrow Wilson fifty to ten last week. A um, little bit different level of competition this week, just um, a wee bit. <laughs> But, you know, you look at the records, and, I mean, certainly Highland Park comes in as the clear favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, when you've got a guy like Braylon Braxton, I think it gives you a puncher's chance For because sure. you never know what kind of ways he can impact the game because, you know, he can do it through the air. Uh, he's been efficient this year, you know, throwing for over 1,600 yards. Uh, the, the stat you really like is 21 touchdowns and only four interceptions. Um, but he's also rushed for almost 800 yards and 12 mm-hmm. scores. So he's one of those guys who can give a defense fits. Um, and he's surrounded by talent. I mean, you know, Jade Noor in the backfield, uh, Elijah Royo on the outside, mm-hmm. uh, Miami, I guess, signed with Miami today. Yep. Uh, you know, I should mention Braylon Braxton signed with Tulsa today. So, um, you know, Ziggle McMillan signed with North Texas. So that's three D1 guys <laughs> on offense. Uh, McMillan's a guy that doesn't have huge stats this year just because he missed a large period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he did have a touchdown ru- uh, running last week. Um, you know, I, I like their defense. I think their defense is active. Uh, they, they had a, a Joseph Evans had a pick six last week. Uh, you know, you kind of look at some of those guys. Uh, you know, Jaden Wallace with 16 tackles for loss, five sacks. Uh, Caleb Ellis, uh, who signed with Stanford, is another guy who missed some time, but he was back and had a solid game last week. Uh, so, you know, Independence has the pieces to, to give Highland Park a run, but it's just so hard this time of year to, to, to bet against Highland Park. Um, 
You know, they took care of New Caney last week in easy fashion, 56-21. You know, Braden Shager, their quarterback, um, you know, he's completing 65% of his passes. It's kind of kind of similar to, to Braxton, his efficiency uh, uh, moving the ball. And, um, you know, Howland Park, they usually don't have, outside of the quarterback, they've had a long lot of quarterbacks we've seen come through there. But outside of that, they don't necessarily have the five-star blue chippers on the outside or in, in the backfield. They just have guys that go out there and do, you know, fill their roles. Uh, Anthony Gabriel in the, in the backfield, you know, last week, 11 for 103 touchdowns. Uh, that's just the kind of the performance he, he he's been able to produce all, all year long. You know, guys like Will Pettyjohn and Brooks Bond on the outside. Uh, you know, it's early on. You kind of wonder where Highland Park stood because they had that close game against Coppell coming out of the gates. That was 42 to 36, although it was 27 to 8 at halftime. So they kind of let Coppell back into it late. But then they turn around, they blow out a really good Rockwall team uh, the following week. And they really, since since they beat Longview in that kind of 7 5 8 Division one showdown, 18 to 13, they really haven't been tested in six weeks. Um, but, you know, Ryan Walker, the Coppell quarterback, was able to give them a little bit of trouble with his balance. I believe he threw for five touchdowns in that game, but was also effective running the ball. So that could bode well for something that, you know, Braylon Brax is able to do. But, man, it's just so hard to bet, <laughs> bet against Highland Park. I mean, this this is a team, you know, that they won three straight titles up until last year. They ended their run. The last time they missed the playoffs was, was 1987. And it's just – it's that one-horse town culture, though, also. You know, a lot of our schools – are, are come from multi school districts for sure. And Highland Park, now granted that you have transfers that come in and out. That's the same with any program. But a lot of those kids grow up there. They got the middle school, the high, the, you know, the middle school, middle school, high school, and they all dream of playing for Highland Park. And they've been around that culture since the time they were young. And um, I mean, I, I think that's. It, an important element for what those kids, because that's what they aspire to, to do is just to play for the Scots and represent that town. There's a lot of tradition there. And so these kids kind of grow up knowing the expectation level, knowing what it's like to be in the playoffs. Uh, you know, I, I think independence, like I said, you know, at the, at the start has a puncher's chance. I just think Highland Park is too, is, is going to be too much for him. You, uh, you're not alone in that, uh, Devin. <laughs> David, you and I also picked Highland Park to get the win over Frisco Independence Thursday, 7 o'clock at a Globe Life Park in the area around that. I'd be curious to find just the last time Highland Park lost in the second round to begin. It feels like it's been a hot minute since that has happened either. Uh, let's see. Then let's look at another game that is taking place Thursday night. This one, though, is going to be out in Birdville at their Fine Arts Athletic Complex. This is a, uh, a very compelling matchup in 6A Division One between Louisville and Arlington Martin. Um, we'll see um, if this is, uh, you know, Arlington Martin does have a, uh, have a pretty stout defense. We'll see, though, what it means against a Louisville offense that is executing as well as any offense of the state right now. Um, you know, we've talked earlier just about just the role that they've been on since that loss to Plano West. They've scored at least 38 points in every game since. They had no trouble rolling it up on McKinney Boyd, a really, really strong McKinney Boyd defense in the first round, 48-24. to 24. Um, Damian Martinez, just this is your weekly update on how Damian Martinez <laughs> is just, he's just embarrassing the rest of the Metroplex when it comes to rushing production this season. He is uh, so far up to uh, 1,924 rushing yards and 30 touchdowns on the season. That is 400 more yards than the number two rusher in the area at the 6A level, Blake Highland 
Allen's Noel Whitehead, and that is nine more rushing touchdowns than the number two in that category, who is Southlake Carroll's Owen Allen. Um, you know, Martinez, I guess on a Monday, man, I just don't even bat an eye when this kid breaks 200 rushing yards, and it's almost become almost an expectation with him. I mean, he had almost 300 last week against, again, a really, really stout McKinney Boyd defense. So um, we'll see what that all means against a Martin team that is certainly, uh, you know, about as, you know, playoff pedigreed as, as you'll find in the area. You know, with Bob Wager and, uh, and his program, they've been just a, as constant a force in the area as you'll find over the years. And sure enough, they've been solid once again. You know, they lost their opener to Dent Ryan 47-24. Obviously, no shame in that. Ryan's number one in 5A Division One for a reason. But then they've won nine straight. You know, they've shown that they can win shootouts. They had a 38-31 win over Arlington Lamar, a team that Louisville also played earlier in non-district district and won that one 51-41. So they at least do have a common opponent there. Martin has also shown that they can win a defensive-minded game when they beat South Grand Prairie 11-8. An odds score for a football game. Um, you know, and that defense has been stout, you know, for the most part all season, just 280 yards allowed per game, 19.4 points. Um, you know, they've been a bit more prolific in slowing down the pass, just 123 passing yards allowed per game. So we'll see what that means as far as, you know, if they uh, if they try to take away at least one aspect of the uh, of that well-rounded juggernaut at Louisville, because, again, it just hasn't been Martinez. It's been Taylor Green, Isaiah Stevens, their top receiver. He leads the area in receiving. They've, um, I mean, they can just attack you in so many ways. Armani Stevens. Armani Winfield, I should say. He's um, you know, obviously a huge, huge weapon for them as well. So this one, you know, this probably surprised me more than any other game that we picked on the picket line because I thought I was going to be out on an island by myself on this one, but all three of us picked Louisville. <laughs> what the hell's the matter with us? <laughs> because make no mistake about it, Martin is the favorite in this game, and Martin's a, probably a pretty decent favorite too. You know, I looked at just uh, as far as just your, uh, you know, your game simulators go, Cal Preps, you know, installs Martin is a 14-point favorite. The Massey rating says Martin is about a 12-point favorite. So it's certainly one that, uh, you know, and Martin's the team that is, again, they've been through this beforehand. They're a program that's used to going, you know, two, three, four rounds deep in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. With Louisville, this is their third straight playoff appearance under head coach Michael Odell. Um, and it's, I mean, that, you know, prior to Odell arriving, I mean, that program had missed the playoffs for over a decade, you know. So certainly the arrow's been trending up for Louisville, but this would, make no mistake about it, this would be the best win that they have had under him. And, you know, it's certainly uh, would be quite the statement. So, I mean, at least from my perspective, I mean, I picked Lucille just because I just, I mean, I, I love the way that this offense is playing right now and the strides that they've been making on defense. It was a unit that was really young early in the season. They took some lumps, but they've really rounded into form and they were able to you know, have some pretty respectable showings against some of the better uh, offenses in District 6-6-A. So, I just kind of like the complimentary football that they've got going right now. And, you know, whether it's, you know, not knowing us not, you know, seeing Arlington Martin every week, you know, like we do Louisville, talking about Martin every week like we do do Louisville, but um, you know we'll see what it all means. But yeah, all three of us are picking the uh, the upset. So uh, yeah, we'll see what that all means. Thursday, uh, seven o'clock out at Birdville, Louisville and Arlington Martin. I think this should be a pretty good game. I think this will, you know. Martin's defense is, I believe they've only allowed again since that, uh, since that loss to, uh, you know, to Ryan, I believe no team has hit the, uh, has hit the thirties on them. So I'll be interested to see if this is a, this turns into a bit of a shootout. Um, all right. So let's discuss then another matchup. This one Friday, this is an early kickoff by uh, Texas high school football standards. This is an 11 a.m. Kick from globe life park in Arlington. Like I said, it's going to be a busy, busy Friday out of globe life. This one is at the five, a division two level. 
Lovejoy versus Everman. Uh, let's see. Lovejoy, who was able to withstand a tougher-than-expected challenge in their first-round matchup against Greenville. They ended up winning that one 45-30. You know, Devin, you got a snoot full of Everman last week against Poteet and that big play offense. So, um, David, talk a little bit about this matchup. What intrigues you about Lovejoy versus Everman, and ultimately, where did you lean? This is going to be a really good matchup. Um, Obviously, Everman's got that pedigree in the playoffs right there, even right. though they changed coaches a couple of years ago. It seems like, you know, they're like, even if their record's kind of uneven like it is this year, like they came into the playoffs five and five, mm-hmm. but now they're six and five after that win over yeah. Petit last week. They came from a good district. Yeah, they came from, yeah, which features Alito. You know, yeah. that's, that's Alito, no easy. Mansfield, Timberview, Ennis. Ennis, yeah, no easy yeah. task at all. Just yeah. to make the playoffs is just a, a good, you know, good tribute to your season right there. Yeah. Um, so the thing with uh, Everman is that, you know, like, it's going to be interesting to see how Lovejoy, you know, slows them down. Mm-hmm. Like, last week, uh, Everman rushed for 439 yards against uh, Petit right there. Yeah. And they, they went out to a big lead, and then Petit made a little bit of a run, but it was just a little bit too late right there. Um, so, uh, and this is a lo- – like, uh, Everman – this is a chance that maybe Everman can do some – build on that right there mm-hmm. because Lovejoy allowed 30 points last week in uh, – well, how many off, almost almost 500 yards of offense 497 yeah. yards to be to be exact with you so and it was kind of a balanced attack where Greenville passed for 277 yards and rushed for 220 more so it's kind of interesting to see you know what Chris Ross does in practice this week to kind of make some adjustments on defense because I'm pretty sure that wasn't up to the expectations of what he expected right for there sure. yeah. so um Obviously, we know that Lovejoy's offense can, you know, roll whenever it wants to. So I feel like that might have an advantage right there. And then going against Everman's defense, you know, I'm not too, you know, sure, like, you know, how they're kind of doing this year. Obviously, they had that, you know, they played really well for three quarters against Petit. Then Petit, you know, had a little bit of a comeback. So um, it's it's going to be a good matchup all the way around. Um uh, with uh, with Lovejoy's defense, you just kind of kind of focus on, on on two people, Jonathan Wilson and Juan Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I looked at your story last week, Devin, and then uh, Wilson. He had uh, 192 rushing yards on 21 carries, and he had some big touchdowns in there as well too. And Juan Davis, he had uh, 18 carries for 159 yards and three touchdowns, and he was also a factor in the passing game too, with three th- three uh, for 49 yards out there, which a lot of them came at big times. So, I mean, it's going to be a handful for Lovejoy's defense right there to kind of see how they can adjust to those two players right there. Um, Who are you picking? My am going to pick Lovejoy. Okay. Number one, because of the Chris Ross factor. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems like he knows how to get his team up for big games right here. Um, number two, like I feel like I'm not sure what Everman's passing offense can do, but I feel like Lovejoy's uh, – Passing offense can make a huge difference. It feels like they can be able to make some big chunk plays you know, mm-hmm. really fast. So, I mean, Everman can run the ball but and make some big, big chunk plays. But given R.W. Rucker and the connection that he has with Reed Westerveld and all his receivers out there, I feel like that's going to be a little bit too much. So I'm going to take Lovejoy to win this game. That's another one that we are in, uh, in consensus well, on. Well, and, and real quick, sure. Juan Davis is one of the top five players I've seen all season long. Wow. That cat, he's 6'4", 220. He plays wide receiver. Does but he, he play also, basketball as well? He's more of a track. He's a really good track guy. Really? Okay. Does a little bit of everything in track. Um, but <laughs> he would take the ball. He would line up at quarterback, and they just direct snap it. You know he's running the ball for the most part. And and Poteet just he just ran through tacklers. He just ran around guys. Really? He he can you know he lined up at wide receiver, makes some huge catches. He plays defense. He punts for him. 
And he has that kind of punting approach where he takes the snap and kind of creeps toward the line to see if there's an opening. So you always have to be aware of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that I was really impressed. And that was one of those games at the end of the game. I went, okay, Poteet won, right? I'm kind of looking just by the way the game was played. I was like, oh, wait, no, 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 no. And then I kind of looked back over the thing. It's like that guy was the difference in the game last week. I mean, they, they wore Poteet that late, but, yeah, that Juan yeah. Davis was something else. Nevertheless, all three of us, though, picking Lovejoy to take care of Everman in the second round. Later on that night at Globe Life Park, you have a 7 o'clock kickoff on Friday. And a, uh, this one could be a sneaky, decent matchup. Allen versus South Grand Prairie. These, uh, these are two teams that have, um, you know, there's a little bit of history between this matchup. Yeah. You know, this was a matchup that took place actually in the second round a few years ago, 2017, the last year that Allen ended up winning state. And they actually had quite a battle on their hands against South Grand Prairie. Allen's ended up winning this game only 28 to 14. And this was a tie ball game in the fourth quarter. Allen was able to score 14 unanswered points. Remember, this was the offense that had Theo Weiss, you know, currently at Oklahoma, Brock Sturgis tearing it up at Texas State, uh, Grant Tisdale, he committed to Ole Miss. So, I mean, it was, you know, this was a, a pretty star-studded Allen team. And SGP's defense, which had – SGP's defense, which the, the defensive numbers are actually kind of on par with what they've done this season. Um, you know, so there is at least some precedent for SGP knowing how to scheme for a high-powered Allen offense. And this is one that, especially in the wake of what SGP did last week to lay Highlands um, certainly turned a few heads as far as okay, let's see, is this another is this SGP about to get on another little run where they perhaps could maybe put a little bit of a scare into a more uh, more esteemed, higher profile opponent? You know, because SGP man, they're they're very unassuming. You know, they have just a six and two record, but they come from a strong district. They were in there with those Arlington ISD schools. You know, that we've already talked a little bit about, um, and they've they've built up a knack for uh, you know kind of sneaking up on some you know some more established programs in the playoffs. You know, obviously they gave Allen all they could handle in the second round a few years ago. A couple years before that, though, in the first round was when they upset a Euless Trinity team that was ranked number three in the nation. That was a very, very shocking, shocking upset at an AT&T Stadium, I remember um, seeing and whatnot. So, uh, you know, SGP, they come into this, um, you know, averaging, let's see, just 17.9 points you know, per game allowed, just 253.6 yards per game allowed versus an Allen offense that is on the exact opposite end of the spectrum. 519 yards per game, 48 points per game. You know, they've scored at least 34 in every game this season. Um, you know, with SGP, you look at that win against Lake Highlands and, you know, I mean, Lake Highlands is, it's not as dynamic an offense as Allen is. They I mean, they make their, their hay behind that quarterback running back combination, and especially on the ground with, uh, with Mitch Colson and Noel Whitehead. They only had four and a half yards per carry though against South Korean Prairie. Colson just never got it going through the air, just six of 21. Um, they only had 288 total yards of offense. So how will that then pair now opposite an Allen offense that has, you know, really not met, unless you're able to really impose a tempo on this game. No one has ever just forced this Allen offense to just punt consistently or whatever you know they've ultimately they've found their way in every single matchup you know there's some compelling meet you know matchups individually in the secondary with Jalen Williams South Grand Prairie stud cornerback which of the green twins Blaine or Bryson is he going to line up against um, and just how's that uh, how's that speed of the uh, of this SGP defense can impact just the overall flow of what Allen traditionally is able to do on offense um, it's it's certainly a matchup that um 
you know, I mean, you think back to last year, and this was where uh, Allen met the end of its uh, the end of its road in the postseason, and that loss to Rockwall. You know, maybe they're a bit on a you know on a bit higher alert this week, just given that and whatnot. But uh, I I still like Allen to get the job done. Albeit, you know, I think this will be a game. You know, I think SGP is it's not going to be a you know a forty two to fourteen blowout or anything like that. I think this is going to look maybe a little bit more like that two thousand seventeen matchup where Allen has to you know maybe dig out of some uncomfortable spots here and there, but ultimately um, I look to the advantage that they have up front in the trenches to kind of wear this thing down as the game goes along in the second half and get a win in the neighborhood of, you know, 10 to 13 points or so. Um, and I was not alone. Once again, we all picked Allen to advance in a matchup against South Grand Prairie. This one, Friday, 7 o'clock out at Globe Life Park. Let's then pivot to... Another game Friday. This one is at 7.30, and this kicks off in Dallas at Kincaid Stadium. David, a meeting between Frisco and South Oak Cliff. Two teams that also have a little bit of history in the playoffs. Yep. So um, so some thoughts on this matchup initially and ultimately, where are you leaning? This is round three between these two these mm-hmm. two juggernauts right here. Um, they met in the playoffs each of the last two years. Um, South Oak Cliff won two years ago um, pretty convincingly. And then last year, it was kind of the complete opposite right there mm-hmm. frisco's defense just shut them down uh it was 18 to nothing game yeah um and then it, it like it's the it was the kind of game that you expect from frisco's defense you know just a you know not a overly high scoring game you know just control the clock control the running game for sure and frisco's perfectly content to win every game 18 to nothing yeah yeah that's fine with them they, <laughs> they they don't they don't care about like those big they don't care about the like the the beauty of the game they just care about the what w that's all yeah. they care about um Obviously, in the last year's game, um, uh, Chase Lowry, who's who's going to be again in this game right here, uh, he actually signed with Arkansas today. So mm-hmm. congratulations to Chase right there. Uh, he had a pick six in that game. So um, like in the, like you know when you factor into that kind of game, that's huge right there. Um, so and then he's coming off a game. I think he had two interceptions last week mm-hmm. against. Against Royce City, which uh, Frisco won fifty-two to nine, so and one of them he returned for a forty-three-yard touchdown to give uh, it was which was a pretty important touchdown to give him a twenty-one to six lead with uh, six twenty-six left in the first half. So, I mean, like this is a game that like set up perfectly for him. You know, like you know he he this is his last you know chapter of his of his uh, journey here at Frisco. He wants to continue this playoff. So, I mean, he's going to be one person to watch out for. Um, and then, obviously, South Oak Cliff, you know, it's it, they're, th- that's a team to watch out for as well, too. Um, they haven't played in, in three weeks because the last two games that they've had have been won by forfeit. Unfortunately, last week, uh, they, had, uh, they were supposed to play Arlington's again in the first round, and that game got Canceled to COVID issues only two hours before kickoff. Oh, jeez! Because of goodness, because of some COVID issues at Seguin. So, yeah, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see, you know, how much rust uh, South Oak Cliff has in the game, has in this game. But um, you know, regardless if they have some rust or not, they've they've got some ballers on this team right here. Absolutely. I mean, through eight games that that they've played, even though the record's nine and two, they have forty five sacks. <laughs> so, uh, senior Corey Flowers has 12 of them. Uh, Jaden Williams has gone to Arizona State. Uh, he's got 10. Uh, a sophomore, Billy Walton, he's got nine. So, they're just spreading the wealth on defense. That was a very top-heavy district and probably not the most formidable you know, yeah. opposing uh, yeah. offensive lines. But still. But still. That's, but, yeah, no matter the numbers, that is quite impressive. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's yeah. that's still pretty impressive. Um, yeah. um, obviously, you know, they – 
they've got some pretty good uh, guys on offense too with Kevin uh, Henry Jennings, you know, quarterback, Cam Davis, who's going to go to San Diego State. Uh, he's a, he's a uh, star running back who's already got eight touchdowns on the season. Um, McKeevy and Titus, you know, he's going to Texas Southern and, and their star wideout is uh, Justin Harris. Harrison, who's got uh, six tees and eight games with uh, over 442 uh, yards receiving. So this is going to be interesting to game, you know, to just knowing the playoff history between these two teams. But um, in the end, like I, I like I like Frisco's pedigree just a little bit more. I feel like they've played a little bit tougher schedule out there. No, no, there's no doubt they have. Yeah, and obviously I like you know the, this is going to game that's going to be one in the in the trenches right here. Um, yeah. So I feel like I I, I I really I really trust Frisco's offensive line. So I'm going to pick Frisco in this game. How are you going to bet against Frisco in a trench based game? Um, yeah, you uh, all three of us are once again in uh, in unison on this one, picking Frisco to advance over South Oak Cliff. Let's continue then to uh, let's see another game. 7.30 on Friday. This one is actually all the way down in Corsicana in a meeting between another Frisco ISD school, Lone Star, always a, a player in the second round. They take on state-ranked Magnolia. Devin, talk a bit about this matchup. What intrigues you and who you picking? This should be one of the better second-round games oh, yeah. uh, um, around. I mean, we've, <clears throat> we've talked a, a lot about Lone Star all season long um, and, and we're, how their 6-3 and three record is deceiving. You know, with the close the three point loss to North Forney and the two point loss to Alito, and then the there's no shame in losing to Denton Ryan game yeah. where, um, you know, uh, I, I like I like Lone Star's efficiency and balance on offense. I mean, Garrett Rangel last week was 17 of 20. Didn't get much better than that, <laughs> and that bumps his season completion rate to over 70. percent um, You know, 24 touchdowns, two interceptions. He just doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's got some great pieces around him. Jaden Nixon in the backfield, uh, who signed with Oklahoma State. Um, you know, several. You know, Ashton Gianti, Trace Bruckler, Tolo Sequoia had a touchdown last week. A lot of weapons around him, and he knows how to spread the ball around. Um, you know, their defense is solid. Um, I think one positive sign, granted it was against kind of an overmatched WT White team, was uh, their defense did produce two touchdowns last week. Mm-hmm. Devin Turner had a fumble return for a score, and um, Alessio, you know, Bristol Lilo, who always seems to make big plays, um, had a pick six. Uh, and I think that they're going to need uh, the defense to come up with maybe a, a, a play or two on this against, you know, a Magnolia. We get to this point in Region 2. And those teams out of Montgomery County, you know, that it, it, it both 6A and 5A, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Magnolia, the Woodlands, Sugarland, we don't know enough about them because we don't see them on a regular yeah. basis. But, man, they're usually tough. Um, and this is a Magnolia team uh, that lost 24-21 in their opener against Katie Tompkins, a uh, Katie Tompkins team that's undefeated. Uh, and ranked, I believe, in the uh, – are they top 10 ranked in yeah. 6A? Yeah. yeah. And they have some question marks coming uh, into the season. They were actually p- p- picked to finish third in this district behind uh, Lufkin and College Station, but they were able to, to, to run the table after that early loss. Uh, they had some returning pieces uh, at the skilled positions. Travis Moore is a dual-threat quarterback. Uh, Mitch Hall went for 150 yards, two touchdowns last week. He was a 2,000-yard guy. Uh, a year ago, and then and Garrett Stone is kind of their go-to uh, receiver on the outside. Um, you know, it's it's tough though to, to 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 see it because we don't have there's not a common opponent, so you don't see them. They're not even on the radar until you get to this level. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had I had picked Lone Star all along. Until I was actually typing up my picks, yeah. I think I actually had L O N E space S T, and I went. <laughs> 
I don't know why I'm doing this. I hit, I hit backspace, 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 and uh, and pick Magnolia because I've seen yeah. those those Montgomery County teams come mm-hmm. up and be able to handle teams from the Metroplex. Uh, I do think if Lone Star plays the way it's capable, I, I think it probably they should probably win this game. I really would have liked to see them against Independence for sure. Um, I think that might have been you know I, from all I've seen about Travis Moore and seeing a couple highlight clips, I think he is kind of like a Braylon Braxton, and I, I just think the versatility of that Independence offense would have been a good test mm-hmm. uh, going forward because really outside of the Ryan game, since those first two weeks, Lone Star hasn't had any close games. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I would really, really would like to see that. But, you know, Lone Star's got a lot of experience. They've been through the playoff battles before. Uh, you know, I, I can't really explain why I picked Magnolia. It was just a, a last-second, split-second decision. Maybe just fuel motivation for Lone Star to go out there and prove me wrong. How's yeah, that? This was like last week with me and uh, Saxy and Skyline just having to wrap my brain in the pretzel trying to explain a pick that I had really no confidence in whatsoever. But, hey, it wound up working. So who knows? And up there actually was a little dissension on this one, though. You two guys are on the same page. You two both picked Magnolia in this one. I'm going Lone Star. I'm not ready to close the book on Jeff Rayburn just yet. Um, yeah, so I picked uh, Lone Star in that one and that matchup is uh, once again 7:30 Friday out of Corsicana in 5A Division One Lone Star against Magnolia. Like yeah, it's it does feel like the second round of the playoffs, especially, is where you get a lot of matchups that you look at the bracket like, huh. Okay, they're already playing each other. It's just, <laughs> it's just the nature of it. And that isn't even like a Dallas area versus Dallas area matchup. But yeah. it just it is one of the symptoms of like when you cover high school sports in the Metroplex, given the caliber of talent in this region, you do get, once you get to that area around, you, know, you start getting matchups that feel like third, fourth round designation. I mean, like, what's it, Rockwall and DeSoto are playing this week? Yeah. And, uh, and like a Longview and Lancaster, I mean, you just get so many overqualified matchups, and that's uh, yes, that's certainly one of them, though. Lone Star, who was state-ranked pretty much up until the last week of the regular season when they lost to Ryan going up against Magnolia, who was, I believe, what, 8-9? Number 9. So, number 9? Uh, yeah, that should be a fun one Friday, 7.30 in Corsicana. So let's close it out, then, with a look at a matchup that is going to be Saturday, 1 p.m., out at Mustang Panther Stadium in Grapevine. This one um, back in Class 6A at the Division II level, Prosper and Arlington Bowie. Prosper coming off that win over Marcus. Um, can Prosper make another momentous playoff run, improve on that big run that they had last season? They'll have to get by a pretty solid uh, Bowie team, though. I mean, again, it's Arlington ISD, so you know, I mean, with the top-level programs that they have there, that it's going to be a tough one. The intrigue in this one, though, lies in Bowie's number 3-ranked rushing offense against Prosper's number 11-ranked rushing defense. That, uh, you know, that Bowie rushing offense, it's not anchored by any one sort of bell cow like a Damian Martinez type. No, it's their quarterback, Drayvon Ponder, their lead back, Cameron Sanders. They're both essentially have been identical in their production this season. You know, Ponder's at 944 rushing yards, Sanders 898. They both average at least 6.8 yards per carry. They've been really strong, but Prosper's rushing defense is A, talented, and B, battle-tested. Because you look at the schedule that they played, um, you know, with that stout linebacking core of Aiden Ciano, Mason Jolly, Herman Lee. I mean, they uh, they started off, I mean, they kind of made their, uh, their first statement of the year in in a road win against Euless Trinity. Now, albeit, you know, Ollie Gordon was not playing for Trinity that night, but they still were able to slow down what was statistically, you know, the top rushing offense in the Metroplex. Then, I mean, they showed well against Geyer. They showed well against Allen as far as slowing those um, those rushing offenses below their normal production. Heck, they started off the year against Prestonwood Christian, who turned out to be a pretty solid rushing offense and held them in check for the most part. Um, you know, it's I mean, that's what Bowie's going to do. They're going to try to attack them on the ground. You know, Bowie only has six passing touchdowns on the season overall. So, um, and then you look at that on Prosper, on the other hand, and I don't know, I just, I pick Prosper in that game, spoiler alert, just I, uh, you know, you look at 
you know, kind of the groove that that offense has been in. I mean, not just with Jackson Berry and the connection that he has with Cameron Harpool. I mean, those two just it feels like the chemistry just gets better by the week with those two. You know, Berry has 17 touchdown passes, 10 are to Harpool. But they've also um, got a bit of a shot in the arm in recent weeks with Tyler Bailey returning to the program. If you recall, Tyler Bailey actually began the year playing at John Paul II and then transferred back to Prosper midway through the season. Oh well, oh well, but that's I mean but that gives Prosper though a guy who, you know, was projected to be one of their most, you know, relied upon players coming into this season because of his versatility. And you've seen that already in the few games that he's been able to play with the Eagles. They're using him at wide receiver, he's being used at running back, he's getting some looks in the secondary as well. They're using him all over the field. Very like we were talking about before the podcast, very Miles Price esque. Um, you know, he can, you know, wear a uh, wear a lot of different hats for that offense and just I don't know, I just think it's kind of taken that prosper uh, that prosper unit up a level as a whole and I think it's a, it's going to serve them well on Saturday and help them get a win over a over a quality buoy team so we'll see and that was another one that we were all in a, in line with we are all picking prosper to beat buoy so again not a whole lot of dissension on the other picket line this week but um yeah we'll uh, we'll see what it all means we, like I said we have seven games on the slate Thursday through Saturday and um some uh, some fun matchups on the docket so yes that is a look at the seven matchups that we have in our coverage area for the area round of the high school football playoffs um yeah folks and that'll uh, that'll wrap it up with this episode of the podcast um until next time take care we'll talk to y'all later Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.